2: Good evening. This is Orson Welles, your producer of a special series of broadcasts presented by the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon, the Mercury Summer Theater of the Air.
3: Tonight and every Friday night, blended, splendid Pabst Blue Ribbon presents you with a front row seat at one of the greatest plays ever produced. And now is America's most famous producer, writer, director, Orson Welles. Our story tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is an original for radio by that most
2: original of radio writers, Miss Lucille Fletcher. Its title, The Search for Henri Lefebvre. Mercedes Cambridge will be heard as Madame Lefebvre, and so that our story may move without interruption, there'll be no between-acts intermission on this broadcast, our sponsors having very kindly omitted their usual commercial message at that time. So right now, before we get started, let's
3: give Jim Amici a chance to say his say about... About Blended Splendid, Paps Blue Ribbon. Friends, as you relax in the comfort of the summer evening to enjoy Mr. Wells' exciting radio drama, I hope that right beside you, on chair arm or table, is a tall, frosted, foam-capped glass of Paps Blue Ribbon. Believe me, the makers of Paps Blue Ribbon are doing their best these thirsty days and nights to supply your dealer and thus supply you with all this truly great beer you'd like. Occasionally, conditions make this pretty difficult, but of this you can be sure. Every bottle you do get will be, as always, the happy result of blending never less than 33 fine brews into one great beer. As always, 33 fine brews blend their individual taste tones to give you that splendid flavor, not too light, not too heavy, but fresh, clean sparkling with the real beer taste coming through just the way you like it. So please keep right on asking for it. It's sure worth asking for. Blended, splendid, perhaps blue ribbon. And now, Orson Welles and his own Mercury production of The Search for Henri Lefebvre.
2: I just down the last note on paper. You know what it is to write a piece. The agony, the drudgery, the exultation. To rest the thought out of the drab days of rain. To hear music in one's head. While outside the drizzle patters down. And the heads of the mountains are shrouded in mist. And then... One morning it comes... There's spring in the branches outside the window. The mountains glitter. The air is blue and bright. The melody comes into your heart. And this was close. So it had always been there. A fever consumes you. Hours melt away at the piano. Time people mean nothing. The world revolves around this rocking song. This tender magic. There are no terrors to break the spell. So it was with this piece. I had just set down the last note on paper. I was happy and weary and full of peace. I lay down on the sofa to relax before Miss Warren brought in my supper. There is a radio near the couch. That night, I turned it on. Sometimes out of the shadows like an animal thing. It grimaces at me from the corner of my room. But this time it was upon me. It was in my brain. For that music on the radio playing now was the music I had just set down on paper. Miss Warren. Miss Warren. Miss Warren. Yes, Mr. Come here, listen to this thing. You hear it, don't you? That is real music playing. Yes, sir, the radio's playing real music. It is not an illusion, an hallucination of some kind in my own brain. of
0: course it's real music. And very pretty, too. Pretty? Oh, you don't like it? We'll turn it off. No, no, leave it
2: alone. Listen to it. Sit there beside the radio. I'll get it for you.
0: What, sir? My
2: score, my score. Here. Here, look at it. Note for note, even as they play.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Flynn. I can't read music.
2: I don't understand. Perhaps someone in this building has heard me playing, but none of the orchestration is the same. The orchestration is a secret quiet thing that one does alone. Perhaps they've stolen the score or someone has copied it, but I only finished it this afternoon. It has been here in this drawer and on the piano. Unless... Unless someone else... There is someone else... Someone like me with my brain, my soul, my genius, a kind of double, kind of double.
0: It's over now, sir. Do you want me to turn
2: it off? No, no. No, no, see what they announced. See what they dare to say... We
1: have been listening to the elegy for Orchestra Opus 42 by Henri Lefebvre. This concludes...
2: Henri Lefebvre. Henri Lefebvre. Henri Lefebvre. Huh? Le After she left, I sat there staring at the freshly written pages. My brain was reeling... It was my music. Every little note, every turn of phrase. The silent radio faced me like a mocking, sardonic sphinx. Adolphus, my good fellow. Oh, Picard. Excuse me, old friend. Miss Warren, did you call the broadcasting
0: station? Yes, sir.
2: And what did they say? Pardon yourself, What my dear did friend. they say, they said... Miss Warren?
0: Oh, oh, Mr. Picard, I'm afraid.
1: They said, Adolphus, that it was composed by this Henri Lefebvre. An old piece. He wrote it nearly 15 years Fif- ago.
2: 15 years ago, but I finished it today. If, if I'd remembered it, Picard, even in my own subconscious, it would have flowed out like a dream, but I had to struggle. Look at these erasures and these cuts, this colder. Mm. And you say
1: it was exactly
2: this way on the radio? Exactly, as though they had copied out the parts in the twinkling of an eye and an orchestra was reading my score. Very strange. The man either stole my piece somehow or... Well, there's some terrible coincidence, some... Simultaneous, crooked streak of identical inspiration that leaped across the Some world. Things don't happen. Fifteen, 15 years ago, they said. years ago, he set it down. And finally, like a, a wave traveling slowly across a boundless ocean, it came to me. Who is this Henri Lefebvre? He was a rather
1: famous composer. What happened to
2: him? Is he still alive?
1: I don't know, Adolphus. I'm not a musician. But could you find
2: out for me soon?
1: I suppose I could, but do you really think it wise?
2: What good would it do you to see this man, this perfect stranger? I must confront him. Do you hear? There is some horrible linkage between this man and myself. Some string vibrating in his brain, which has caused a like vibration in my own. I must find him. I must somehow break the spell. And supposing this Henri Lefebvre is dead. Dead or alive. I I must find him. I must find him, Picard. I must find him. Henri Lefebvre, born eighteen eighty five, Rouen, France.
0: Rouen, France. Educated at the École Normale.
2: École Normale.
0: Fellowship mm-hmm. student in composition, the Paris Conservatoire. Yes, conservatoire. One Prix de Rome, nineteen 19- eighty. Do you want me to go on, Mr. Flynn? No, no,
2: no, Miss Warren. These dictionaries tell you nothing. They make everything smell of dust. Dust and corruption. Adolphus. Oh, I have a letter from his publishers. He's
1: still alive. Thank God. But there's some mystery about him. They wouldn't give me his present address. What do you mean? They say they haven't heard from him in ten years. His musical output has ceased. He submits nothing, doesn't answer their letters. Then how do they know he's still alive? Well, they hear occasionally from Madame Lefebvre. Madame Lefebvre. He has a wife who lives in Rouen.
2: Madame Lefebvre. Rouen. Rouen. Word came at last, from the Red Cross.
1: Home of Henri Lefebvre in Rouen, destroyed by bombs. Whereabouts of composer and Madame Lefebvre,
2: unknown. He's alive, I tell you, he's alive. If he were dead, I would not feel it. I would be free. But I cannot take up my pen, I cannot write, I cannot even think one thought without wondering whether it... May not already be his. How can you think
1: such things, Adolphus? This poor, hounded, homeless man is probably ill,
2: old, dying. Even even dying is reached out a hand to clutch away my genius. Picard was I ever lazy. My musical outfit has been enormous. Symphonies, operas, tone, poems, songs. Now what do I do all day long? I stand at my window and stare out at the mountains. And at night I am... Horchard by vision. vision? Nightmares. Nightmares. Nightmares of crooked, fallen streets and church steeples and bells. Bells. Run by clockwork, the bells of tolling the hours. I dream of rooms, dark, ugly little rooms, and a little girl. Yes, a little girl. With long, honey-colored hair.
1: Who cries... Christ. You have been reading too much, Adolphus.
2: Your brain. No no, 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 don't you understand? These streets, these rooms, that little girl, it is his life of which I am dreaming. It is Rouen. You think me mad. Don't you pick up?
0: Mr. Picard? Yes? There's a lady downstairs to see Mr. Flynn. lady? She says she heard that Mr. Flynn was making some inquiries about her husband.
2: Madame Lefebvre. Adolphe. Madame Madame Lefebvre, bring her up. Bring her up at once. I stood quite motionless in the center of the room. A woman dressed in black. Confronted me across the waste of polished floor. She was thin, middle aged, a little stooped. Her pale eyes looked washed out with crying. Yet there was another look in them a look of some drowned and monstrous terror.
0: I am Cicelle I have heard that you are searching for my husband.
2: Yes, madame.
0: Why do you wish to see him? Why do I wish to see
2: him? You have not heard of my strange predicament, madame. And what of your husband?
0: My husband remained in Switzerland. Switzerland? He has lived there for many years. But
2: why? I thought they said your home was in Rouen.
0: Rouen was my home. My husband and I have been estranged for the last ten years.
2: Oh. You've not seen him for ten years. Do you know his Opus 42, his Elegy for Orchestra? I do. When did he write it, please?
0: About fifteen years ago. Fifteen
2: years ago. Then you would know the music when you see it. Is this the piece, madame? Yes. I wrote this music, madame, a
0: month ago out of my own head. Impossible, monsieur. Impossible, but I tell you it is so. But how could this be? This is my husband. I remember the night he wrote it. A hot midsummer night. The windows were open. We could hear the bells of Rouen ringing the hour. He could not sleep. Our little daughter had been crying. Your yeah.
2: hey, little daughter?
0: He rose from his bed saying that his head ached. A little while later, I heard the piano begin to play softly. I called down to him and warned him not to waken Louise. Luis. Oh, yes. Our little daughter, who had been crying. Yes. Then I fell asleep. Next morning when I woke up, the bed was empty. He was downstairs at the piano writing out the final chords. Go on. He said it was her piece. It belonged to Louise. And that he had been thinking of her crying all the time he set it down. It was as though all the sadness that was in his love for her had gone into that melody. Sadness? But
2: I still don't understand. I wrote this music out of beauty, out of wind and birdsong and joy. My
0: husband used to say this piece held in its heart all the horror of life. Horror? He could never understand why it was so popular. He did not want to publish it. He hid it away saying it was like a premonition that it had come to him from some some other world like a hideous omen from another world and he was right monsieur how do you mean our little daughter Louise. she died a little while later
2: madame Lafayette yes monsieur
0: I beg your pardon for crying.
2: I do not want to see your husband or hear this music ever again My search is ended. Do you believe in ghosts, madame? No.
0: I have been through too much to believe in poor, sad ghosts.
2: Oh, but I, I do. I believe that neither your husband nor myself wrote that piece. There is some further horror. Some demon force at work in this music. It captured him.
0: It has captured me. I do not know. My husband was always a wretched, melancholy man. Tell me,
2: Madame did your husband write any music after he wrote this piece?
0: Not much more.
2: You mean it wrecked his brain as it has wrecked mine, leaving him without inspiration? No,
0: no, it was not that. He continued to write. He still writes, but nothing he has written for ten years has had any meaning. What do you mean? Mr. Flynn, have you not already guessed the truth? My husband has gone mad. Mad. He has been mad for the last ten years, shot up in an asylum in Switzerland. I have told this to very few people. It is a form of horrible neurosis. Work neurosis, the doctors call it. He seems to have lost his heart. The events of his past life are meaningless to him. He has forgotten Lou, He has forgotten me. He has forgotten our little dead Luis. Oh, terrible. Now he sits in a bare room and writes music all day long. He has become a slave, a machine... They tell me that his shelf is packed with scores, but all of them are only an endless jumble of notes, notes such as a child might scrawl across a paper.
2: And, and, and,
0: and it was the music,
2: the ghost music that did this. Who
0: knows? Terrible things happened. The mind snapped. If I told you I should betray my husband, I should tell you something which has never passed my lips till now. But
2: you, you, you must tell me, you... Do you not see how vitally important it is to me? I am linked somehow with your husband.
0: And
2: perhaps I, too,
0: am destined to to, to go mad. No, no, Monsieur, you must not think such things.
2: There were the seeds of madness in this thing, even from the beginning. There was something uncanny. Why should that radio play that music just after I had finished the piece? Why should you... You, a perfect stranger, have come here and found me, Mr. Flynn.
0: Believe me, people do not go mad so easily. To be destroyed, as my husband was destroyed, one must have deep sadnesses and love. One must have human ties—a wife, a beautiful little child. You have no such ties, have you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I have no ties. I have no ties.
0: My husband went mad because he loved too much when our little Louise died, he thought that he had killed her. She died of simple pneumonia, but he could never understand that he became insane with grief. He thought he was her murderer. Don't you see, Mr. Flynn? You, who live here alone, whose life is so quiet? Madame
2: Madame lafevre I did you both? I have seen you. Before, madame,
0: I said. I have
2: met you somewhere. I have heard your story. You have come here before. No,
0: I have never come here before. Then... Then why should
2: your face seem so suddenly familiar? and your words, there's something uncanny about this thing, madame. For a... For a, for a moment, I thought I knew. You knew what? I was... thought I knew you and your husband and Louise. Oh, Louise. I thought I had... I'd lived. Oh, hmm. Maybe it was only one of my nightmares, but somehow... Yes, i try to remember. Please. Remember. Remember. The
0: little house in the wild, eh? the stone house, the tree in the garden, the coffee on Sunday afternoons, the Bechstein piano by the window, the bedroom with the calico curtains, the
2: little? the little doll carriage underneath the stairs. Louise's doll carriage. <laughs> Louise. Louise. What have
1: they done to her? They've taken her away and I killed her. The little doll carriage waits at the bottom of the stairs. But she'll never come back. Never come back.
0: No, 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 She has been dead for ten years. You must she not of her, 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 her anymore. No, 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 no. You are getting better now. Doctor Picard says you are getting better. Doctor, well. Doctor Picard. Your doctor darling.
2: What do you mean? I am no doctor. Don't
0: you see? Don't you see, my darling? Your long search is over. No. You are Henri Lefebvre. Yes? Oh. and your own music has come back to you at last. And little by little, it will all come back. Oh. Your memories, your genius, you will be able to go out into the world again. Oh.
2: I am Henri Lefebvre. Yes, darling. Hi. It's <laughs> I... <laughs> a little old madman. No. I locked up in the walls of a lunatic asylum. For ten years, writing... A jumble of notes like a little... Little child. Then... who? Who is Adolphus
0: Flynn? A name you made up, my darling, a poor mad name.
2: My symphonies are rubbish, you say. My adoring public are only shadows running across the walls. And these mountains beyond my window, these mountains. (laughs) You are lying to me! I tell
1: you my name is Adolphus Flynn! Look, sorry,
0: look! This room, these bare white walls, bars across the window, this door, one cannot open from the inside. For ten years, aren't we? For ten years, I have waited. For a glimmer to come for some little memory like that music. For ten years, I have prayed for you everything. For ten. Ten. ten years? That's
2: what I said here. All right. I do not believe it.
0: Mr. Picard!
2: my dear fellow.
1: You call me Henri, too? I cannot tell you how happy I am, Madame Lefebvre. The experiment has worked beyond our fondest hope. Picard. Am...
2: Am... M- am I Henri Lefebvre? Yes. I have been mad for ten years. You...
1: This evening for ten years. I deceived you, my dear fellow. We only humored your whims, hoping that you'd snap back some day. It was your whim to think that you were a composer named Adolphus Flynn. Your whim to sign your name to all these scores. Your whim to live utterly alone and work all day and half the night. You were quite happy. Until one day a little piece you'd composed for your daughter long ago came back into your mind. Memory began again. You began the search for your lost self. Naturally, after ten years, one cannot be cured overnight. But you will see. In a few months, we may hope for something quite remarkable. Monsieur and Madame Lefebvre.
2: In, in a few months, in a few months, in a few months, in a few months, I would be able to go back. I would, I would take up the threads of my old life as only the threads. <laughs> I'm still here. Here in this room, with its bare white walls, and its door that locks from the outside. I'm still here. Although I know now for sure that my that my my name is Arnie Lefebvre. The sadness is in my heart, an unutterable sadness and pain that I can never conquer. Rouen has come back, the stone house, the little doll carriage underneath the stairs, and my arms ache with the longing for a little dead child, with long honey-colored
3: air. There
2: is no music in me now. No music save that one tune which sings in my head all day long. My song for Louise. If I could only get it out of my mind I might be able to work again I might be happy <laughs> As I, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I once was happy I might look out of my window and find A symphony and a sunset on the mountains That is why I will not go back I will not leave this room. I will not leave this room until I find him again. Until I find Adolphus friend.
3: Just heard Orson Welles' Mercury production of The Search for Henri Lefebvre, a radio play by Lucille Fletcher. Mr. Welles will be back in just a few seconds to tell you about next week's offering of the Mercury Summer Theater. But first, a few words from our sponsors on a very important subject. The makers of Paps Blue Ribbon are holding their prices at the levels established by OPA last month. Also, ever since government price control ended, they have urgently counseled each household distributor of Paps Blue Ribbon throughout the country to do likewise. Further, the makers of Paps Blue Ribbon strongly urge beer retailers all over the country to do the same, for we believe it's up to all of us to do our utmost in the battle against inflation. And now, Mr. Wells.
2: Well, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing you... The first radio show we ever put on the air for CBS. We haven't done it since. We look back at it fondly. We hope our memories uh, aren't mistaken. We hope you'll enjoy it. It's a great favorite to everybody's childhood, and I don't think anybody ever outgrows it. The Great Tale of Adventure by Robert Louis Stevenson, Treasure Island. So join us next week, please, same time, same station. Until then, speaking for my sponsors, the makers of Tab's Blue Ribbon Beer, and for the whole Mercury Theater, including, as usual, maestro Bernard Herman, who was responsible, as usual, for the music on tonight's show, and speaking for Mercedes McCambridge, who was responsible for a very fine performance of Madame Lefebvre. For the whole gang, I remain, as always, obediently yours.
3: for the courtesy of the Pabst Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, makers of blended splendors, Paps Blue Ribbon. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting
2: System.